Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, and welcome to Come for Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook, and serial dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors, and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe. And if you enjoy it, rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the show. My guest this week is a food writer, author, and journalist. Having left a high-flying career in law, he turned his hand and pen to food. Often appearing under the guise Rocket and Squash, his blog of the same name cites noteworthy places to eat and good things to cook at home. His debut cookbook, On the Side, is a source book of sumptuous side dishes. And his most recent book, The Borough Market Cookbook, shares recipes and stories that celebrate seasonal market produce. He has written for the likes of The Guardian, The Telegraph and the FT Weekend magazine and has been nominated for countless awards for his compelling and often witty food writing. Welcome to the studio, Ed Smith. Thanks very much. Always nominated, never win. Well, I mean, nominated is what that's what that's what people care about it, right? Eight times Oscar nominated awarded <laughs> actress thing. Also, I feel like you did win. Yeah, I've won in 2015. Oh, well, yeah. Is that well, right? I've won. I, yeah, I have. I don't want to dwell. <clears throat> Don't know, dwell on their successes, but um, yeah, no, I've won a couple things, which is nice. It's nice to be. Yeah, it's great. You've a great your website. I, obviously, I was in a Ed Smith hole. Not a not a bad place to be, I have to say. But your what do you call it? Trumpet blowing. Oh yeah. For more trumpet blowing, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Tongue in cheek. Yeah, it's sort of um, self-deprecatory bragging. Yeah, which is the way, the, apparently the best way to be. Yeah, that's what we, 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 apparently those people are seen as endearing. Is that right? And I find you endearing, yeah, oh, I think, I think it is. So where have you come from this afternoon? Uh, most recently, I've just had a really good sandwich. I was thinking, because it's it's about lunchtime, yeah. just after. I was yeah. thinking you would have come from it's lunch. A place just around, we're in Shoreditch at the moment, and it's just around the corner, there's a place called Visions Canteen, which has got good baguettes. Oh, I've never been there. They kind of make, um, uh, if you like, I suppose Asian-inspired flavors. It's definitely not Asian. It's yeah. like you, I just had a chicken grappao baguette, um, which is a get this right, based on a Thai yeah dish like grappao, like grappao. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, yeah, it's, okay. but it doesn't have an air fryer in it, so it's a um, minced sort of spiced minced chicken kind of lab flavors, um, holy holy basil, bit of bit Yum. of chili and bit of mayo in a baguette with some. Little fried crisps and, and a gherkin, which I think is pretty much the. Ooh, ideal. a gherkin that sold it. Yeah, I mean you've got to have a gherkin on the side of a sandwich, otherwise have even sandwiched. Yeah, that's true. So I noticed you've also recently been doing a kind of synopsis of London's best pastries. Oh yeah. Have you have you kind of found the top cut? Um, so uh, I I'm actually in a don't eat too many sweet things January okay. moment. But uh, you're drinking, but right? As, uh, yeah, a but bit. Not to excess, you know. Very healthy. <laughs> um, I um, and I, I was thinking about spending my kind of eating sweet things well, 
Um, and I do spend a lot of time in cafes because I'm a freelancer who pretends to be working in a cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and often regret buying the sweet thing to go with a coffee because I've got, I'm not very good at not buying a sweet thing to go with a coffee. And most cafes in London have got rubbish sweet things, um, uh, apart from ones that are bakeries yeah. themselves. So it, I guess it kind of started um, asking people where their favourite ones were on the kind of pretense that I would listen to that, but then just put up my own list mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and had a, a current top five, which probably changes if you ask me today what the top five is. Um, there's always a there's always a, choc- a sort of dark chocolate rye and salted. Yeah, which is so good. Cookie at E5 Bakehouse. E5, it's <clears throat> so good, consistently good. It's, exactly, it's consistently good, and it's like you wouldn't expect. You look at it, it looks like a, quite a small. Yeah, it looks really small. Um, it is small, it, but it's perfect. It's perfect to go with a coffee. Yeah. You never, ever regret having it. You never think. You know, sometimes you buy a croissant or a a custard tart or, or whatever to go with it and, and after three bites you think that was either not very good or even if it was very good I now feel like I probably not worth it not worth d- those calories not worth well yeah I don't want to carry count too much but sometimes you just think that wasn't that great mm-hmm. but I've, the, the chocolate um, cookie is just brilliant it's perfect size good price it's the perfect uh, perfect it's coffee perfect companion <laughs> yeah and then what else is out there apple what, turnover at the moment there's a good look I think the apple there's, a, there's a, another bakery called uh, Dusty Knuckle which has um, lots of decent sweet things and they sell to other coffee shops so you can see them around but they've got an apple turnover which a bit like the cookie looks pretty rubbish so it's a good it's a good um uh example of how instagram like you don't have to have mm-hmm. a beautiful thing for instagram to be actually worthwhile eating and the apple turnover is a kind of i don't know a crescent shaped often the apples and sugars in it have spilled out and it looks burnt and, and then you know that's a really good one and i think i like that partly because there aren't many other fruit based like uh bites around they're always usually sugar and, and syrupy and yeah. or chocolatey and that's not what you except in rhubarb season when everyone gets that's the rhubarb true. out yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also it's partly a thing to my youth I think so we had a bakery in the home in the town near where we lived that um, had some pretty bad stuff but, um, but always apple turnovers I think it's quite a a dated concept yeah. versus what we have now. I feel like the apple turnovers I remember were kind of anemic compared yeah, to that completely they look like those nice biscuits with the kind of sugar granulated yeah, sugar yeah, not yeah. it is and quite a dry pastry yeah, yeah very dry yeah and and then the kind of apple that's in a mr kipling pie yeah exactly which is is that even apple which a bit you know also not bad there's a time there's a time yeah, and a place it's, for it's, a mr it's, kipling it's, it's pie. all about memories isn't it yeah and some i think sometimes. So my granny used to have whip out mr kipling right yeah have you had pret's vegan berry croissant no oh you should like i feel Dan- like you need to try it it looks like a, i've seen a picture it's like a danish folded yeah with a Something that looks With like a splodge of resembles berry. a jam. Is it a yeah. jam? Yeah. I, well, I, I'm assuming. Jam's vegan, isn't it? Was well, is it vegan because it's using oil? No idea, but I'm assuming. Oil instead of butter. So food and food writing are undoubtedly your business, but I know it wasn't all that always that way. So you you had a career in, in law. Yeah, I was a corporate lawyer, yeah. Which um, amazingly is almost almost ten years ago that I left that. Okay. Maybe nine years ago, I was a corporate lawyer for about six years, um, plus all the training. Uh, Which is a lot. So yeah. Did you do a, a degree and then a? No, I didn't do a degree. No, so no, I, no, I did okay. um, conversion course and okay. then and then law school and then you go into law firms. Um, and I kind of got to the point where I was working really really hard, um, and I'd also started a food blog which I did for as a creative outlet and to make me cook and to make me eat out in the places I was telling everyone else to eat out. But then when I got to a Friday night, my friends and I had been so busy we hadn't planned anything and we'd go and eat at Pizza Hut or Byron. Yeah. And so I wanted to go and eat interesting interesting places. And by having a blog, which is peep 2010, 
kind of time was kind of peak food blog in London. Yeah. Um, it was my um, the reason to do it was purely to make me do the things I wanted to do as a hobby. Um, and that it gradually morphed and I enjoyed doing it and I found myself writing blog posts at two o'clock in the morning and thinking this is mental because um, I'm going to be back at work and maybe there's something else I'd rather do than financially regu- financial regulatory reviews and oh, yeah. other things of that note at a really massive law firm. So I left and I went to Catering College and... Where do you go to Catering College? Went to Westminster <coughs> Kingsway, which is the old school... Cool. Like, hotel old school cooking place in the middle of the Is London. it full-time? Is it kind of like a year or kind of it was a nine-month course? It was a year... No, it was a six-month course. Oh. <laughs> Time but proper, like not was, not a part time. No, it, it was their three year course condensed um, into six months. Okay. Um, and so you get the whatever the qualification is that a, a NBQ person comes out with. Um, just I guess <clears throat> it's really for either career changes or people just a bit older than a seventeen year old not knowing what they want to do and mm-hmm. think about sex and, and, and spots and stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so I think you can do a bit more in your time. So um, did you think about doing opening a restaurant like afterwards? I know that obviously you went into it just because. I, I went into it because I um, I think I needed uh, as much as anything a kind of a cushion to jump out of yeah. my job with and I hadn't decided what I wanted to yeah. do and it's almost both for me and to tell my mum that I had a plan so I'm going to Cape <laughs> College and when I'm there I'm going to write a business plan and I never I never wrote the business plan. I thought I was going to start a, either a scalable food business mm-hmm. or start to get a restaurant or start a catering company or start a, a or go yeah or going to be a proper uh, chef in a, in a restaurant um and I did work in restaurants in that first year and a half uh but I'd changed when I was 30 okay um, and I felt that at that point if I started going to become a restaurant chef uh I was swapping a job with rubbish hours for another job with, with rubbish, rubbish hours, hours but a lot less pay yeah and I'll be losing the opportunity to see my friends in their weekend evenings um because that's been the main point, time to work yeah. as a chef so I don't know I look back now and I wonder whether I should have stuck it out for a bit longer I don't think I'd ever have been a chef chef for for longer than a couple of years um but that was this decision I made back then and so these days, what's a typical day like for you? Typical day. Worst question. I spend about four hours uh, wrestling with my son, trying to get a... Who's two? Is he two now? He's about two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, okay. he refuses to wear jackets, which is quite a difficult thing. Difficult in, in January. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have a wrestle for a while, try and get out of the house. Um, and eventually I'll, I will um, uh, get on with my day, which at the moment I'm writing a cookbook. Another one? Yeah. That's so exciting. You Are hit. you allowed to say that? No. <laughs> um, you can know that, I suppose. Um, which means that I am doing a combination of testing recipes. And writing. Writing them up if I can be diligent the enough best. to do You it. must do that. Yeah. That's the important part. Um, and it's kind of get, I'm getting into a routine of, um, I like to plan the recipe, think about it, mm-hmm. know what it is, cook it up um, according to what I've already written as a recipe. Mm-hmm tweak it make it better cook it again according to that recipe and um and all the time when you're doing that you get a lot of thoughts about introductions and things that are going to help yeah in that whereas if you just cook things and write down the notes and then write down the actual ingredients the method and then decide to rise up two weeks later actually the little the little key bits i think actually make a really good recipe for me anyway that you can read and want to cook it and understand little tips and, and insights yeah the things that make it better yeah aren't the, they? You've got, the, you so you, you've got to do that kind of contemporaneously that's obviously very exciting yeah. i'm very excited for that i yeah. love your book thanks 
I mean, both of them, but I particularly love On, on the side. side. Yeah, no, it's good. I like that book too. It's, it's, I just, it also looks great, which I know you're not meant to judge a book by this cover, but as books go, to. it has a great cover. I think I think we do judge books, but it's a bit like food, actually. People say that, yeah. you know, people, um, I mean, I've done it myself already, saying that you can't just use Instagram as a guide yeah. for good food, but actually we do eat with our eyes. And, yeah. And I think it's the same with consuming a tactile product these days, which is what recipe, you know, we can all Google a recipe. Yeah. So you put, a book has to be tactile and beautiful and, and something you want to use. So let's chat entertaining. Do mm-hmm. you like to entertain? I do. Do you have much time to entertain? With mo- um, the- I do I, uh, probably don't invite people over enough at the moment to be totally honest I was, um, I was actually thinking about I regularly think about that because you should do it I know I know It's. We, I'll come you, we, we, yeah, I'll should. take one for the team you like. come down have some food <laughs> um, it's a bit like my eating out actually because we've got a young son and um, uh, time flies and bedtime gets in the way of inviting people over and having a good time and then you make excuses to not invite people over and, and then you get stuck in a hole of no one even knowing if you exist anymore <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's say you are having people over yeah, yeah. and you've got kind of access to all the ingredients in the world yeah. and you can spend as much or as little mm-hmm. time in the kitchen as you want. And I know as you're a kind of seasonal store sort, we'll let you pick the season. So you don't have to cook okay. in January or February. You can cook any season. Yeah. Six people coming over. What are you going to cook? Six people? Yeah. Um, Easy. Six people's like manageable. Yeah. Um I would always work in reverse. Okay. And probably over snazzy my dessert. Oh, nice. Make a custard tart or something similar um, in advance. We're in rhubarb. Uh, let's do now. Let's okay, do now. let's do now. Uh, forced rhubarb, beautifully yeah. pink. I'd make a, just a classic custard tart and cover it with a really beautiful pinked up forced rhubarb. Inter- I'm going to interrupt. Forced rhubarb or like normal rhubarb? What forced do you rhubarb. prefer? Uh, what do I prefer? Well... Because um, I know that everybody loves false rhubarb. I I prefer. Again, going back with the food memories, we always used to have rhubarb in the garden, and yeah. not false rhubarb. And so I'm very used to sloshy green yeah. stewed rhubarb that sits underneath the crumble, and I think that's delicious. I, th- yeah, I, love, so I love the flavour. I think it's a little bit um, tartar. Yeah, it is tartar. More naturally, and um, and more rhubarby. Like uh, <laughs> I think th- there's a lot to be said for both. Really, yeah. actually, it's actually the short answer. I, I eat both. I love them. It's one, probably a top ten fruit. Top, it's not top fruit, ten. is it? But if it were a fruit, it would be. And no, it's not fruit. So it's a vegetable. It's not a fruit because it doesn't have seeds. It's a stick. Let's call it a stick. It's a stick. It's a shrub. Yeah. Okay. So forced rhubarb. Sorry for that interruption. It's important. Rhubarb chat. So I make a really, key. I really a really beautiful uh, custard tart which has a rhubarb top mm-hmm. to it, um, and that can just sit there because I made it in the morning. Um, and I'd also do a do a head starter dippy thing. Probably get some bread from the aforementioned E5 Bakehouse, yeah. and just uh, maybe an anchovy based dip. Oh, delicious! Can you can you go further into the dip? How would you make that? Uh, I wouldn't do a bagna cowder. Do you know what the bagna cowder is? That's like a so buttery was... oily. You start with you basically make a garlicky oil, yeah, and anchovy, and it melts down, and then you add butter. And emulsify it. Okay. And it's Yum. lovely. It's absolutely delicious, but it's um, a little bit too much effort, I think, for unless you're you know flying around and seeing lots of people. It's lovely with crudités, but you could equally just make an anchovy-based thing with like anchovies and creme fraiche and okay. stick it in a so simple. Stick it in a blender and and have some uh, what are we in? Yeah, so we're still rhubarb season. I'm mm-hmm. radicchio or some other bitter kind of Yum. crunchy stuff along with the bread. People can dip away at that while we're while we're getting ready to eat. And what are we eating? In the middle, 
Um, oh, is it, it's going to be a Sunday. I get people over. On yeah, Sunday okay. Lunch. Let's have a Sunday. Sunday lunch works Sunday for lunch. the kids. Um, and um, I would probably get a belly, a pork belly, mm-hmm. roll it, cook it really, really slowly for hours until people come over, and then whack up the temperature, get amazing crackling, and then it can sit there for an hour while we're having our dip cool down and slice it and kind of porchetta with beans or lentils and and some other I'm gonna say sides like sides of the this, thing you're the side man so, so like give me all the sides so I, you never do more than three sides okay um uh, so you never make an effort with more than two sides either because then it's just not worth it people won't really care better to get something really beautiful and seasonal mm-hmm. and do that simply so right now purple sprouting's probably yeah, kicking delicious. off that can be boiled at the end and maybe have some what was it pork some tarragon put in it Yum. that'd be nice and then the and that, <clears throat> actually no scrap that scrap that rather than pork it's going to be a rainbow chard thing with a there's Ooh. a little there's a little um vinegary sugary chili dressing that i do for chai recipe and in, in um on the side that'd be great with some butter beans mm, delicious yeah butter beans do you soak soak and cook or do you buy them tinned uh do we i do both i think um depends how you're feeling there's i think the tin ones are best if it's in a glass jar for beans yeah okay. there's a spanish company that does some really why is good. that do you think that's just i just feel like the companies that made an effort to put get, them in get like good that produce in the first place and cook them properly and stick them in a the jar that you can see them probably have better beans yeah better i always think they're better when you do them yourself but i think that's because i prefer everything like can you get an al dente bean i mean can a bean be al dente but they're just too mushy when they've been in those cans yeah, you can't do a lot with them once they've come out of a can you can blend them yeah you but, can blend them you're gonna a third of them are going to be mushy aren't they? yeah and and kind of broken up yeah. okay cool so people because people do shy away from making pudding more than anything people but the last thing you remember is the pudding yeah so, so tips, you, you could tips make, for the novice cook, pudding maker do something that you can do in advance so you're not faffing around in the kitchen okay. these are all like everyone this is what you could textbook stuff textbook stuff but it's true and I, and I generally think that a a tart if you're up to making pastry make a tart or a galette mm-hmm. and then it sits there everyone thinks it's really impressive yeah and and cut, everyone and, thinks a galette's so impressive and, if, and it's so easy and the best thing about a galette's amazing because it, it looks rubbish actually yeah. you can just Chuck, chuck, chuck stuff in but it's it. meant to look like that but then you cut it into a slice and it looks beautiful yeah. and perfect a nice bit of creme fraiche on the side or yeah delicious custard if you fancy it or cream whatever and um, that's a great option the other option is the classic panna cotta oh my gosh um, because again you did it the night beforehand get buy, buy a ginger biscuit to go with it and, and poach whatever fruit is in season do you think people make panna cottas I feel like that's such a retro it's retro thing. but it's great I mean it's uh, in a restaurant I feel like it's 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 done, but I feel like it's retro at it home. Is, it is retro, but it, I think it's um it's great. I think I've never never had a complaint with a panna about a panna cotta. Yeah. yeah, but it's one but, of those things that probably people think is confusing, isn't it? it? And it's so easy. So it's literally three ingredients. I don't love panna cotta, but too, too much, just nothing. Too much, too much set cream. Well, I don't know. I just it's it's not so much if I went to someone's house, I'd happily eat it. But I think when it, you know when often when you go to a restaurant, you have this incredible meal, and then pudding is sort of this kind of like afterthought and it's often yeah. a creamy based yeah. set thing yeah. and so I'm like oh that's not a pudding but I want a that's proper in a pudding uh, yeah I, no I know that's I in a restaurant that, but I think maybe that's why I have this slight aversion yeah. to panna cotta but I think, I think it should be a thing for home not, yeah. I would never have a panna cotta in a restaurant because oh, okay interesting because you make it better at home make it better at home yeah I mean, you, would you probably wouldn't have a trifle in a restaurant either oh, I quite like a trifle no, no I wouldn't have a trifle but I mean I, I would have a tiramisu in a restaurant right and I'd make a tiramisu at home yeah. Cocktails, cocktail man. Negroni. Negroni. Would you would you Straight s- up. before or after? 
Uh, I, I think it's nice to meet with a cocktail. Yeah, me too. Um, oh, I'm glad we agree on that. And uh, if people want a cocktail at the end, but I think by then, you know when you usually get to the end of a dinner party and uh, you've already got 20 different bottles of wine on the table that no one's finishing, There's, I just don't think you need to start a cocktail session at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, it, debatable, but uh, no, I, <laughs> I'm with you. Okay, what's your view on shop-bought hummus? Uh... Yeah, fine if you want to. Really? But yeah, oh. I think. Um, Honestly, your honest opinion. Well, there's, is fine. there's good ones. There's good and bad, and um, and you can do a lot better by soaking beans, soaking your chickpeas, and, and cooking it and sticking it in a, in a blender, which takes not very much time. Yeah, or just do the tin thing, but it's better. Yeah, I but mean, I feel like you, everyone. You these need days. to need to be the the, uh, the the liquor. Yeah. That you are blending it with needs to be warm. So if oh, you're using okay. is tins, that the tip? I think you get very much lighter hummus if you've got um, warm. Aquafaba. If, yeah. if that's warm, it's lighter and smoother. Okay, interesting. So if you're making it out of tin, just warm it up a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. I think a lot of people <clears throat> don't use any aquafaba when they make it anyway, which is often then it's just like the problem because it's clumpy, that's when it splits and it's just chip, not very nice. Yeah. Okay, so you're kind well, of. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm generally in, in life. I'm like I think if you want to do it from scratch, absolutely, that's how I would like to do it. But sometimes uh, a pot of hummus from the from the Delhi. Delhi, exactly Delhi is fine. Job. It's like supermarket stuff that I'm but this, I do, this is going to make you really squeal. Um, uh, sometimes if I did buy a, uh, just a pot of hummus to put around the table, I would probably add a couple of spoonfuls of yogurt okay, in there to, as well. To, to and, then, and then at the end, add a puddle of olive oil. And then it looks fancy. Exactly. Okay, and yeah, then so maybe may a little dash of za'atar or yeah. you know, what little chili. Sumac and, anything, anything to make it look like it's better and also taste better, you know? Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think um, I do... If I where I was going to get to was if I did buy a shop bought hummus, I'd probably pad it out. Jazz a bit. it, yeah. J- jazz it, hummus, jazz yeah. it. Ready roll puff pastry. Uh, definitely. Yes, all the way. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so, so long as it's all butter. Yeah. Is there another? Oh, you yeah, mean like yeah. a vegan puff pastry no, well, I mean, or something? It, most uh, supermarkets you have the choice of all butter or not all butter. Oh, okay. I feel um, like I've oh, <clears> probably only ever gone down the butter route. Yeah, probably the um, but they. The other one doesn't puff as much, and it's uh, a little bit anemic and doesn't taste of butter. Okay, so I love that you know about all this stuff about how it. How it's much one of the things puffs. that when I do a recipe, uh, whether it's for a book or a newspaper or something, it's uh, always all butter puff pastry and, mm-hmm. all, and always full fat creme fraiche. And, yeah, always uh, full fat creme fraiche. Both of those things are actually deceptively or de- annoyingly hard to get in a basic supermarket. Yeah, sometimes it is hard to very get. hard to I, get full fat full creme fraiche. Full fat creme fraiche. I agree often with. The all butter I've pastry isn't there either. Okay. Now, this is definitely not something that you would get at a dinner party, but I'm sure that you've probably somewhere stumbled across it in a restaurant because I have milk skin. Milk skin. Have you ever had milk skin on a menu? Uh, not on a menu. Oh, and I know okay. what I mean. I guess it's the, the really, skin that you've got having yeah, done and like it's a rice pudding style thing. Yeah, but but just milk skin. I think I had it with a kind of sorbet, a chocolate sorbet, and then it was Over a multi milk skin. What? On Yeah, it was part of a tasting menu and... Uh, it was not I, I mean well it drapes over something no it was just like that like a sheet of tofu not, no you mean like lardo or something would be yeah. no it was just there on the plate milk skin with this sorbet thing how, how did that get down well not great but I mean I, I didn't love it but I was I was kind of hoping that you would no, kind no, of enlighten me with some milk skin no. milk skin magic no. okay so no milk skin then no views <laughs> do's and don'ts for entertaining don't panic don't panic yeah like that don't do too much um, do either get someone else to or do it yourself set the table in advance yeah uh, that's a good one just because I mean actually we're really bad at it we often um, haven't sorted it out by the time people come over 
and then it suddenly becomes um, rugby scrum for the salt shaker. Well, it's just not quite the same event, is it? Um, and I don't want it to be. I, I, I much prefer a really casual come around for supper yeah. kind of thing. Um, but even so, if if the table's already got stuff on, um, that's that's benefit. That's a good thing. Um, duh, 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 duh. Don't be overly prescriptive when people say, "What shall I bring?" Oh, I'm so overly prescriptive. It's always something really random, like full fat creme fraiche or kind of a broccoli. That's or okay. Tarragon. An, an item is fine, but you know, it, really, they're asking what, what what color wine shall I bring? Oh yeah, that's awkward. Nice uh, this wine uh, from you, this if, place. You can pass this place. Yeah. Newcomer wines is on the way. Mean, if, if you want, if they want advice, I will. I will be really, really anally <laughs> OCD about what I think would go really, really well. With it. And then everyone arrives in this massive fluster <laughs> with a with a seven pound bottle of Pinot Grigio. Yeah, panicking. And say, oh, I couldn't find the you know. The specific one. The 72 Chinon. <laughs> so what would you, I mean, it leads nicely on them. What would you like to be brought um, if you were hosting a dinner party? What would you ideally like me to bring? Um, if you're the perfect guest. Yeah, perfect guest. I am the perfect guest. Um, a uh, nice but not overly uh, crazy bottle of wine mm-hmm. so that everyone can enjoy it yeah, and I nice. can appreciate that you've thought about it so you would open it on the night that's interesting you wouldn't kind of keep it for yourself in the so back it's cupboard it's a bit of a judgement isn't it you look at the people in the eye when they pass it to you and yeah, you can yeah. kind of tell whether <laughs> they want to drink it themselves or they don't want that person yeah. to drink it um, yeah maybe that's has, that has to be a, a judgement call yeah I mean it, I, if I could bring white then I'd be like and it's chilled it's yeah. ready yeah that's nice and then you know that they want mm-hmm. you to yeah it's the, I've taken the cork out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? I think just come in a good mood with a good conversation, you know, good okay. things to talk about. And um, I, the, this is if, you, if you're planning it to be really boozy, and this is not what I'd expect from anyone else, but sometimes I've tried to be a good guest and bring some bacon, eggs and, and a nice loaf of bread for, oh, them, for the next so day. Oh, that's so clever. I'm not very good at buying flowers, for example. I bring bread a lot, actually. I think I a think loaf bread's of bread's a good one. It's cheaper than a bunch of flowers. Yeah, and it, well, it, and it looks nicer. Like, uh, there's something... People are like, oh, yeah, nice. And a lot yeah. of people don't go out to nice bakeries yeah. to buy nice loaves of, loaves of bread. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think that's quite a nice gift. If um, Yeah. If but I, I haven't thought I about the eggs and the bacon part. That's the next bit. That's clever. It's probably overkill. They probably didn't need it. You could do like a nice thing of tomato juice or something and celery. You could do like a whole hamper <laughs> for the next day. Like Bloody Mary's on tap. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I want to talk a little bit more about your book on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, being what I like to think of as a veg-centric eater, that's my favourite word. Word of 2019 probably will be 2020. Um, I love a side. 
uh, butter braised chicory mm-hmm. was complete revelation, yeah. as were the marmite parsnips. Homeite. Honey and marmite. But I've done it with um, celeriac. Oh, yeah. No, and kind of made them into. Yeah. Like, like chips, yeah, chunks. Yeah, nice. That'd be kind really of, nice. Yeah, and that was really nice. Yeah. I don't love parsnips, but it I kind of works. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they're similar. What is it about side dishes that makes you want to put them centre stage? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, what's the what's the shortest and best answer for that? I love side dishes, and I think that we as a nation and as probably more than just our nation, whilst we constantly think about meat and to veg and, and meals, and pe- people spend loads of money on on a on a chicken or a a leg of lamb or a fish and, and then they spend hours researching how to cook it and they get, and then they serve it with completely the wrong things or, yeah. and it's just such a shame because actually the thing that you uh, a bit like that, having a good dinner party I think the thing that you remember is the dessert I think in terms of main courses people love side dishes yeah and, and when you get it right it's it just makes the meal better than some of its parts and there's nothing worse than either not knowing what to have with food with uh with the main course or or just um, doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. Like- so my book was about trying to get people to uh, match their food better um, and to think first about the side dishes because uh, there's more sides on your plate than, than the middle bit. So why, yeah. why neglect it? Um, I, tried to, I tried to structure it so that you could browse it and think, I want to cook. Which means the, the butter braised chicory. So delicious. And then what does that go well with? And yeah. that nudges you into the meat or the yeah you've done that you've kind of talked about that that kind of um formula yeah the formula to the side but they're all just so simple and there are flavor combinations that i wouldn't have thought of as well which i think is great as well as classics yeah there's things i tried to to call it a source book because i want it to be something that people can continually return to and that means that it can't just be this quirky little thing that you actually have to go out your way to shop for that ingredient it's got there's got to be a recipe for uh there's like boulanger potatoes or cauliflower cheese like the things that yeah. you would expect to be in a side dish book are there um and uh that's it really it's and just you've got a, creamy polenta or something in there's there a cheese, as well. cheesy there's polenta yeah. yeah people um all that is is polenta and cheese and butter yeah but it's it's it's, but, it's but, a bit like nigel slatery isn't it like having that those simple recipes but done really well but you, yeah. you're like oh i can i can trust this hopefully you know? uh, that, then that's that's what you want to have a cookbook but also with the polenta for example it's just about saying i know you've had polenta before and you didn't like it yeah try it, it this way because it didn't taste for anything yeah. and it, probably just because you didn't put enough butter and cheese in it <laughs> yeah, and that's, often often the way and that's basically the answer so that's that's what i and like put salt and pepper yeah good pepper at the end um on your instagram there's a really strong asian and i know that you had your asian inspired sandwich mm. today but there is a strong kind of asian theme to the food that you cook and eat at home where where does that come from one of my wife's friends is like all you ever eat is noodles <laughs> yeah you, um, you love a, a um it comes from i suppose a, a couple of different things is um i suppose typically the way that my week works of eating at home Mondays and Tuesdays might be leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to use up stuff that's in the fridge, um, and uh, often that's involved uh, chicken and stock. Yeah. And so, what's the best way to use that up the next day? I think a noodle soup with a yeah. with a soft boiled egg. Yeah. And anything else you've got going on, and, and you can put whatever uh, veg in there. The other thing is that I I think the the noodle Asiany vibe thing is often I do often eat out at lunch time. Um, not eating out out but going to go grab something nice and I can cook really nice vegetables mm-hmm. and pastas and uh, European style stuff at home and I do so when I go out actually the thing that satisfies me more is something that 
might have taken me a bit more effort to put together. Yeah, or something you wouldn't necessarily always do. And, and I don't, I rarely, I, re, I rarely pick up a, I'm not going to go and buy a cheese and ham sandwich. Yeah. So, like, in a kind of, there are other things to eat. Yeah. And um, I really would make a nicer cheese and ham sandwich at home. So then you sort of, like, you're kind of left with what, what's left. And so I think from that, from eating a lot of uh, Thai, Vietnamese, mm-hmm. um, Chinese stuff out and Japanese stuff out, then that obviously influences what you eat in as well. Have you got any top kind of Thai or kind of Asian, Pan-Asian restaurants to try for people? Um, I like at the moment I eat a lot of uh, lunches at Smoking Goat okay. which is not a, now a new restaurant um, might not even be the best Thai restaurant but there's um, they do a really nice set of sides um, do they? there's a uh, gappy egg I think it's called um, which is like kind of shrimp fried rice with loads and loads of herbs and pickles and an egg half an egg half a soy braised egg yeah braised marinated um and that just goes well with whatever you have. So then, as a, as a solo eater, it's like either the cheapest curry or yeah, yeah, or, little, or, or, or they often have like a they always have like a really whatever fresh fit is, fish is in. So yeah. fresh sardines and a, and a yeah, and they've a, had the really good mackerel I've had there. They, they get really great fresh fish, and so um, that is a regular haunt mm-hmm. of mine. That's good. Kiln is also good. Same same, same people. Same yeah. owner. Yeah. And then otherwise, um, do you know, Sian uh, Impression and Master Way. Biang Biang noodles. It's all yes. hand hand poured noodles um, in a Xi'an. Is that style. not in Soho, or am I imagining that? No, there's one in Biang Biang. Is in um, uh, Commercial Street. Okay. Is Xi'an impression is Highbury, and Masterway is Fitzrovia. That's what I think. Area. That's what I'm thinking of. And um, again, it's just that's definitely a level of a t- a style of cooking. I don't do at home. I don't mm-hmm. pull my own noodles yeah. and make. Um, maybe this Sichuan is yeah. Well, yeah, maybe hand I should. Noodles. Do you know? Do you follow Pippi Eats on Instagram? No. Oh, I like I like a new Instagram follower. Yeah, she's Pippi re- eats. Yeah, okay. she's she's really good. She's been out to to Chengdu and other places to to learn how to do it, and then makes incredible stuff at home. Oh, that's cool because yeah. I feel like maybe that is the next thing because so many more people make fresh pasta yeah. now than ever before, and yeah. I really think that's down to it's social a, media. And and making noodles is the same. Isn't it's, it? Yeah, like, it's, it's, a, it's the same principle, isn't yeah. it? And then it becomes down to what have you got in your cupboard? Yeah. And if you've bought a few coriander roots and peppercorns and chili oils, then it's the same as. Or make it. Oh my gosh, Nina Parker, mm. Nina Parker's chili oil. She actually posted the recipe the other day. It's one of the most. In- incredible things I've ever eaten I'm in I mean it's so good it's a lot of shallots a lot of chilli there's a lot of finely chi- chopping at the beginning yep. a lot of garlic you've got to do all that prep yeah. and then it is so worth it and it's so good It is. I, it's, I think it's hands down one of the best things I ate last year I'm sure this kind of the, um, more regionalisation in food will continue to get more done at home it's, yeah. it's not difficult well let's hear hoping yeah. so what about the best dinners you've been to dinner parties or restaurants dining experience best Ultimate one. Um, what, one of the most memorable, um, probably uh, back in the days, early days of supper clubs. Okay. Uh, maybe 2011. Okay. Um, the early days of professional supper clubs. So um, when it was proper <clears throat> proper chefs. When it when it stopped just being um, uh, home cooks yeah. doing supper clubs, and within about a couple of years, then you could start to get young chefs doing it, and not in the way that we now do it, where it's very obviously. Uh, with a grand plan of opening a restaurant or yeah. you know name building, um, Nuno Mendes um, yeah. had a thing called the Loft Project, and he had. If you look at the people who've been that cooked at the Loft Project, there were a lot of early twenty, mid twenty year old chefs who now are super, super, super famous around the world. Um, and I went to one uh, 
by the Young Turks, who was James Lowe from Ly- now at okay. Lyles and Isaac McHale, at, who's now on the Clove Club, um, had Jeff. And this was maybe their second ever event um, in Nuno's house in East London. Oh, cool. Uh, two long tables. And looking back at it now, maybe they weren't the best things I've ever eaten, but they felt like they were at the time. And there was this kind of murmuring yeah, yeah, throughout. You felt, you knew that you were at something special. That's that, so that, great. You know, the kickoff of something. And actually, I then asked them if I could help cook in their restaurant when they started the their first sort of restaurant style thing in, in Shoreditch. So I worked there for a month afterwards. So there's a kind was of... Was that Lyles or not? Was that no, that Lyles? was uh, Young Turks at the time. Okay, it, was, okay. it was like a, a, a second, a first floor room above a pub um, just down from St. John Bread and Wine. Okay. And so that was my first experience in a, in a restaurant kitchen what as well. One. So it kind of led on from that first event that I went to, which was bef- you know, before they were famous, um, yeah. but also felt <laughs> there were lots of people there that I met that are now still in the food industry. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really good night. That's great. And the food was great. And Do you remember what you had? Or do you remember one yeah, thing there was, in particular? Yeah, there's a couple, a couple of things that are really memorable, um, particularly a beef tartare with uh, oyster emulsion um, and some crumbs, which there are, if you eat beef tartare now, there's often an oyster emulsion. But I yeah. think it might have been one of the first times I get it. It's definitely in the top three wow. tartars of my life. Um, amazing, amazing chicken uh, dish, which is memorable because it was so succulent. Okay. And maybe at that point been the best chicken I'd ever had, kind of thing. Yeah. Casual. Yeah. These are like profound statements. No, it was it was an amazing yeah. night. It was really cool, and I remember it very well. Do you do you do you eat at Lyles now? Yes, I'm sure you do. Yeah. It's yeah. great there. Yeah, it's one of my lunch. And floor. Oh my gosh, floor. We should have talked about the floor bun. Did the, you have the, the lardy, lardy bun? bun. That yeah. must have been on, top, there. on there. That was on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So floor is a restaurant in, in Borough Market, which is um, uh, by this guy called James Lowe. Uh, and Lyle's team and Lyle's is a now Michelin star restaurant in Shoreditch and um, uh, I because of the borough book I'm at Borough mm-hmm. a lot uh, and it opened what coming up to a year ago yeah. no it's not well, that long nine, it's nine, six nine. months I think it opened in the summer didn't yeah. it yeah okay okay eight months yeah that. okay and um, they have an amazing baker and pastry chef yeah and uh, started off with just croissants using a whole meal wheat and things like that YQ wheat um and then suddenly the lardy bun appeared, which again brought me back to my youth because we used to have a lardy cake on okay. a Saturday as a treat, which was literally a doughy lardy currenty thing, which was covered in like a really sugary crust. And as kids, that was just incredible. Yeah. And this lardy bun appeared, which is the, pretty much the first time I've seen it in London. It's not a lardy cake at all, but it is a croissant. It's like curled, isn't curled it? You up, can kind of uncurl soak, it. Soaked in a lardy syrup and spices and a bit more toffee and It's great there. They're both, they're, they're very different though. I mean, you can tell that they're <clears> kind of related, like cousins <throat> of each other, but the, the start, the whole the whole feeling of the The, the ingredient, the ingredients of flora is much more sort of multi, um, multi-cuisine. Yeah. So they've taken ingredients and styles, I think, that are a bit more... Uh, Worldly, and it's simpler as well. Some of it, you know, like the flat, the flatbreads, yeah. or even like the smoked haddock brandard. Yeah, that's so good. So the, the best thing I had there last year was a um, a tomato and aubergine and feta tart, which sounded so okay. unlike, unlike a James yeah, yeah. Lowe dish, and so unlike anyone's trying to trying to be modern and British. That's as a classic yeah. combinations, but it was just the peak of each one of those things done. Yeah, that is so good, isn't it? Yeah. Good, it's simple ingredients done well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Finishing with a question of ingredients, what three ingredients should one always have in the kitchen to pull together a this dish? Is, this is easy. Is uh, it? Okay. Anchovy, parmesan and eggs. Anchovy, oh, interesting. Really close to mine. Anchovies, all the all the good chefs have anchovies yeah. in there. Why? 
for everyone. Because, Why anchovies? Because you open a tin and you only need to put two in and then you eat the rest yourself. <laughs> Good reason. Probably, no, no they just, I just love the anchovy flavour and it, mm-hmm. the, whether it's the sole thing you want to taste or just a little base ingredient that adds umami and savouriness and a depth that you wouldn't have. Same, same, similar with parmesan as well. Parmesan yeah. can do that. Yeah, and totally. can like transform, especially a side dish. I think. Yeah, parmesan. I mean, if in doubt, uh, I guess you can either in life chuck lemon juice, fresh herbs, or parmesan, or all yeah. of those things on it. But yeah, if, yeah. if I had to choose one, the parmesan one is yeah. the one I use quite a lot at the moment. Parmesan's great. Yeah. I did a, fin- I'm going away and finish up everything in the fridge yesterday and did very. Like end of the parmesan. Got to be good parmesan pasta. though, and that's yeah, like, always. I know, I know this, this always sounds snobby, but um, uh, uh, if you get a sort of twenty-four, thirty-month parmesan, which can cost quite a lot more than than a undisclosed aged one, mm-hmm. um, you use at least at most half. Yeah, much amount. less so than you think. You get much more out of it. Yeah. Um, for that flavour and all the things you want, the kind of tangy, the crunchy, mummy. It's just much, much better. It's a shame you can't get good parmesan in supermarkets because you still really... Yeah, I you think just, you can. Oh, I don't think you can. I think you can. I think it's a decent... Maybe a wait, cheese counter if they've got a decent yeah, enough one. But the wait, Waitrose has got a couple of decent ones. I really? Yeah. I really struggle. I feel like I'm using cheddar. I need to use like 10 of them to get anything out of it. Best supermarket cheese is the uh, Waitrose Cornish... I'm not sponsored by Waitrose. But, okay. And I don't only shop there either. But um, Waitrose Cornish Quartz, do you know that? No, I haven't. It's, it's but a, actually, have you had the Waitrose Burrata? No. Oh, pretty good. See, they, I think good. they have They're amazing buying power. It out. Really, right? Supermarkets yeah. have amazing buying power, and sometimes they put that towards I think the right things. It's from Puglia, that burrata. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you can get good parmesan. You can get. Okay. Well, I, I need to. So, waitress, do good parmesan then. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the little good one enough. near my mum's is not good enough. A bit like that whole, you know, chickpea hummus thing. Sometimes okay. we can't always have the best. Yeah. Okay. And it's fine. And if you could have three people to your ultimate dinner party, alive or dead, who would you have and why? Um, uh, I'd have a conversationalist okay. to keep it going if it's going wrong or that's like a comedian like a no, Louis Theroux was, oh yeah Louis Theroux would be wicked I think he'd be a great person to <laughs> start an awkward conversation yeah. but he's, you know, he's, it's his job isn't it to talk yeah. to people and it, also if you wanted to find out stuff from him I think that'd be a fantastic yeah he's done such crazy stuff as well yeah. so he'd have, he'd have an opinion or not, not opinion he'd have knowledge on so many different yes. topics and that's what you don't want to someone mansplaining mm-hmm. you know, we're confidently their views so I think he'd be a great person to centre it around uh, probably get someone foodie in there mm-hmm. um, Nigel Slater big fan of and have he, you met Nigel Slater I've ne- I have met him um, he's really nice but he also says that he hates dinner parties and he's not he hates come. dinner parties Yeah, he hates them he never goes yeah. to dinner parties he, and he, in, in quite uh, admirably refuses yeah. rather than try to say I saw him busy it's like yeah. no, I don't want to come <laughs> So maybe maybe he's he's unachievable, but then. But know. maybe I feel like if anyone if he was coming to anyone, so I feel like he would go to yours. Yeah, get him around. I'll, yeah. I'll tell him Louis coming. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'd be there. And then and then I think um, someone a bit contemporary and interesting. I, I, I are you watching Sex Education? What the second series? I yeah. haven't. I watched the first. I haven't watched the second yet. I'm sort of fascinated by the writer Laurie Nunn. Is that her name? Yes, just, that's funny. Yeah. I just think she, someone who can create something. I think she's quite young, and yeah. I think she writes much of it. And it's so witty and on point um, yeah. for so many generations. I just feel like she'd probably be quite a good person. To that's a, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, lots of people have said. Well, two people I think have said Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Oh yeah. There. I'm surprised you didn't have kind of like an Elizabeth Day or kind of a You're saying someone well, like that. A bit older than that. No, no. I just felt like you'd want some kind of that like Mediterranean kind of 
royal cooking writing royalty. But I think I, it would be a good table. I, I don't want it to be only about food. Food, I think, yeah. I think there's, um, also, pressure's off. Yeah, yeah, pressure's kind off. Kind of. I mean, you've got Nigel Slater I think they'd all, there, so think they'd all appreciate off. it. Um, you want them to appreciate food, don't you, when yeah. you come around? But also, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a good line that um, uh, someone I know who works in wine says, which is he wants the wine to be good enough to be the the start of the conversation but not the conversation yes. and I think that if you right. have only people who are foodie and you get boring conversations about your job yeah. or your life I think you want to hear a bit more and, and um, that's why I wouldn't only have food people or lifestyle people no, I, I, think I kind good. of want to I guess I've chosen people that are it would be a good dinner party it would be good conversation hopefully that would be yeah, and they'd appreciate the food. I'm sure they come. They bring a nice bottle of wine. Yeah, they bring that nice bottle. Maybe a loaf of bread. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. That My was pleasure. excellent. And then for people who want to follow with your writing recipes, yep. at Rocket Ramblings. and Squash on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, I have a blog called RocketandSquash.com, which I try and update um, as regularly as I should. Well, it's got great old stuff on there as well. There's so much. I mean, it's ten years old. And yeah, I mean, there's such there's great content yeah, on there. Thanks very much. Great writer as well. Thank you. Um, thank you. That's great. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you liked it, rate it, review it, talk about it, share it, and invite your friends around for supper. This has been a Studio Seventy One production. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.